Hello, hello. It's Alice and Lizzie here from forerunners.at podcast. We are back with a vengeance. Yes, we are. You might have missed us after a couple of days. So we are back with another episode. First up, we are starting with our quick fire questions as always. I'm going to go first. Okay. I feel like I'm ready for this. All right. Number one, Liz, how many times are you swimming at the moment? Also, have you done any sort of repair job to your swimming attire recently? <laughs> yes and yes. Okay. I'm pleased to say I'm swimming twice a week at the moment. You've been really good. I've, consistent. I've been doing it for two weeks now. That is a total of four swims. So I need to get one of those, like, you know, those regular stampy cards at the swimming pool. Oh, yeah, but we kind of, like, whore ourselves out to all of the different pools in Melbourne, to be honest. It's like we don't really have, like, a traditional pool that we go to religiously. It will be for our pool once it's reopened, I reckon. No, but for now, we're just sort of like Richmond, Nemsac, Petroy. I don't mind an indoor pool, though, because it's a little bit warmer. It's not. It's just like a lot more chlorine. <laughs> it is. It's kind of gross, but I feel like it's a lot more inviting in that way. Like I'm such a sook. And I think it's just because of the warmer temperature when you go from, it is actually, it's it's the it's the period from the change room to the swimming pool. I think that's what gets me. It's like getting out of the shower. Otherwise, you're a little bit of an old lady in the sense that you choose a pool according to the parking requirements, which is so something I've always said to my mum, mum, when you start talking about parking and, you know, that and the other, you know you're getting old. And I've given her the poor thing a complex because now whenever she asks anything about parking, she's like, I'm not getting old. I'm like, no, you're not. It's fine, mum. You're not actually getting old. But I always feel like that. Like I remember as a younger person, I'm definitely not young now, but I used to always think the second I start to think, oh, I can't go there at this time of the day because the traffic and the parking, it's all over. Oh, no, that's definitely me. This morning coming back from the pool, actually, I was just like, I'm never coming back this way ever again at this time of the day. Um, But... It is really good because of the parking. And I'm, I'm not afraid to walk. Like, you know me, I'll literally accidentally park like 2K away and be totally it's fine. I'd prefer to circulate in my car for 20 minutes as opposed to having to find a park that's <laughs> too far away. I'll literally wait and prey upon someone just to get the best car parking spot. She will. She will. I can definitely vouch for that. We're complete polar opposites in that way, but I do love the convenience of just being able to like walk straight into the pool because swimming is not something that comes naturally to me. So everything has to be going in my favor <laughs> for it to work out well. And you've been known to like sit in the train gyms on your phone for like really long periods of time before actually getting into the pool. Just researching really important things, I'm sure. Also, we digress. But what have you repaired recently to do with just me? Yeah. So basically, oh yeah, my flippers. <laughs> They've been slowly pr- cracking at the heels over the past few swims. And um, I put them on for about you know, a, a portion of my swim today. I wore them for the whole swim. And it was honestly just like flopping off my foot at the time. So cracked heels and um and what have you used to uh, repair the flip the only thing that fixes everything right sports oh tape God, you're a bequee you're officially a bequee when you start fixing everything with sport tape you know you have completely transformed yourself into the um society which is our unfortunate means of handyman skills however also they're not actually your flippers they're your dad's and you've already cut them up once <laughs> yeah true okay so well it's really hard to get a, a pair of flippers that actually like feel good on your feet so I the original pair of flippers I had they were just too hard uh, too like firm like the silicone was too firm or the plastic what's it made from rubber yeah yeah it's too firm so my legs are just not strong enough so my legs would just lay there dormant while I was trying to swim so I found this old pair of like uh snorkeling flippers and then cut them and they're absolutely the most perfect because they're like they're quite short they're quite crisp I have to thank you for your handy work for that I got a Stanley knife out 
yeah, carve them up, and they're absolutely perfect. So I'm really attached to them, and I don't. I know that a lot of people have recommended me to get some different types of flippers. They call them fins. Fins. Some of people call them fins. Some yeah, fins. And I do know that there's a really good brand or a couple of really good brands out there. Except I'm just I'm really attached to them. So the Sport Tech came out, mm. and um, yeah, that was a really important thing that I've learned from you actually. Okay. I um, I as you look around our house, there's plenty of things that been Sport Tech together. Soy milk. Yep. So milk, that's really handy thing for traveling. Also, when you put it back in the fridge, you splash it around everywhere. So it has to have some sort of sealant on the uh, little opening space. Oh, anyway, that was just a low-key dig. Um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to move on now for number two, three essential items that you would take on a trip to Thailand, which is quite topical given the fact we're going tomorrow. Woo! Yeah, true. We should probably start packing. Don't look at my suitcase. You can't look at my suitcase <laughs> as you're answering the question. Three essential items. Electric toothbrush. which does actually take me to the time when your toothbrush was going off inside your bag and we had to like literally take it out um your whole bag was vibrating so when we're checking my bag in was it last time we went to thailand yeah and i was like the whole bag was vibrating (laughs) and i think the lady who was working for the airline to check us in she was just like Something is going to turn up. <laughs> no, that is not safe. Whatever's going on in it. So then we had to do the unzip of shame. And then when you use the unzip. Everything. And your suitcase is like actually quite stressful. It's a little bit chaotic. So definitely electric toothbrush, a pair of running shoes and sunglasses. Oh my God, that's actually really efficient. Boom, 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 straight into it. Probably don't actually need anything else really when you think about it. No. Sunscreen, I guess, but you can probably just get something. Yeah. You're the uh, queen of asking the lifeguard for the extra sunscreen. Okay. In terms of pizza, this is a very important topic in our lives. We do love pizza. We do have a pizza and Pilates event coming up. Um, a little shameless plug there. But when you're eating pizza, are you a centre of the pizza or you're a crust of the pizza? I obviously know the answer, but <laughs> let the people know. I'm a crust. You're a crust. I love the crust. I eat Alice's crust. Alice eats my excessive cheese in the middle bit. And so we're a really good team. Oh, it's very fatty. I'll just eat all the toppings off and just leave all of the rest of the nasty bits. And then you get all the nasty bits, but you seem to like them and it seems to be too good to be true. Yeah, I love. I just love bread a lot. I'm just waiting for the day that you turn around and be like, oh my God, I've had the short straw this whole time. How much better is buffalo mozzarella than like the mangy crust on the edge? And then it's all over. But until then, it's successful. <laughs> in the dark. It was so good. Okay. Number four, your favorite wedding dance floor song. Like a prayer by Madonna. Oh my God, amazing. It has to be. Okay, is it the cover by Miley Cyrus or is it the traditional oh, original? Yeah. Oh, the cover. The cover, oh, yeah. yeah. of course. Ooh. I mean, they're both great, but um, you really feel it. I think um, there's a particular reel on Instagram where she's singing where Miley's doing oh, the cover. Oh, she's got a cowboy hat on. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Don't, pr- don't pretend it acts- it's like a surprise to you. I think you send it to me once every few months. Oh, I've sent it to you a few times. It's really embarrassing. Time. Oh, no. We're getting a couple of days. How come you don't tell me? You just keep responding to say something nice. I'm like, yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> I agree. Oh, my gosh. That's really embarrassing. Okay. That's a great, great choice. I love it. That's just like tip of the tongue straight off there. All right. Last one. If you were an Olympic athlete, well, obviously a different kind of Olympic athlete, you can't choose running, what would you be at the Paris Olympics? Any sport but running. Go. Team aerobics. Oh my God, that's not even a sport of the Olympics. Oh, yeah. oh my God, how can you be so athletic but so unsporty? Oh my God, it's actually phenomenal. Um, you can't just oh. use aerobic. Oh no, no, I don't know. What are the options? You know, you have to just like think of a normal sport that's like in the Olympics. Basketball. 
good one. That'll be- that's definitely in the Olympics. Oh my god. Okay, that's great. I actually see that for you. I feel like you'd be an awesome. It's actually interesting. I feel like the really common Olympic sports are more, um, more like individual sports, aren't they? Like it's like less teamy. Mm, yeah, I think there's more. Pre- I think it's way more prestigious in the Olympics to be an individual sport. I feel like all the team sports have like the World Cups and everything, which is so much more prestigious than the actual Olympics. Like, you know, when you think of tennis and everything and they've got their own like Wimbledons and, um, you know, they've got their own circuits for... Oh, hello. We just had a little interruption there from a couple of family members straight in the middle of the podcast and proceeded to ring the doorbell about 16 times before we could get there. We thought it was a delivery person and got kind of excited after the first ring, but then... um. After the next 20, we realised it was probably not. <laughs> My 10-year-old niece had just turned up to sort of collect her school bag that she'd left here. She stayed the night. And then my dad turned up and he was doing some weeding in the garden. Isla was playing with the camera. Um, we were checking out Lissy's flippers and it was just a classic drop-in from a family. Perfect. But we're back. We are back. And Lissy, you're going to quick fire five questions straight through. Right, mine are probably a little bit quicker. Um, first of all, what is your favourite end of a banana to eat? Um, no, don't make me say tip. I don't want to say that on a podcast. No, but you don't. You like the other bit. I know, but what do you call that? Like the half that's connected to the bunch. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, top part. The less ripe part. Yeah, look, I don't know about ripeness, but definitely the bit that you peel back. Okay. Yeah. This is all getting too weird. At the top. Let's move along. <laughs> the top. Okay. okay. Good. Um, I was just saying that because I like... This morning, there is a little bit of context because this morning there was one banana left and I very kindly cut it in half and gave you that bit. And I took it and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 that's good. I just wanted to confirm that that was the part that you liked. Oh, that's really sweet. So every morning when Lissy eats a banana, she'll always leave me the bit that I like, which I think is the better bit. And she actually doesn't really mind at all. And I feel like that is a sign of true care. No, but it just, it does depend on the, on the ripeness um, of, of it, you know, because the end... No one wants the end bit. It's like the crust of bread. <laughs> yeah, but if it's a bit underripe, I don't mind the end bit. So that's okay. But if it's too, if it's overripe, then the end bit is just, it's just bad. It's just the gesture that you're doing there, which I really appreciate. That's correct. All right. Red, red or white roses? White. Favorite game to play when you were in primary school? Like, as in like school, um, lunchtime game? Dodgeball. <laughs> oh, why am I not surprised? <laughs> 100%. So aggressive, so competitive. I know, but I was also really small and agile. <laughs> okay, that makes that makes sense. Um, favorite Pilates move at the moment? It has to be just this week. It can't be. You have to block every other week out of your mind. Just this week, what's doing it for you? Do you know what I'm loving is a bent knee reverse plank with a single leg march. Really quite niche. So I feel like for two reasons, I feel like that little bit of hip extension feels really nice in my lower back. Mm-hmm. The second of all, I'm all that glute max at the moment. So not glute med as is the quintessential Pilates instructor sort of favorite area. Glute mm-hmm. max at the back, your driver, your powerhouse. Right. And so what's been the switch? What? I just feel like it is such a huge component of running in terms of force propulsion. And it's not something that we ever really isolate in a lot of Pilates I feel like clinical Pilates is all about the core and the glutes, which is great, but specifically glute med and the rotators, which is super important for pelvic stability. But the drivers is what really helps that end range hip extension for sort of performance, heel work, speed work. And I just feel like they're the unsung hero, even though they're the biggest muscle group in the body. Mm, mm. Yeah, so, I just assumed that you're kind of working on it through 
um, other avenues. Yeah, and it certainly is. Like, I mean, the hip bridge is your classic glute max sort of driver, but I mean, there's a lot of hamstrings there and just to isolate glute max is, is kind of quite a challenge. So I'm mm. kind of, yeah. And I think too, working so strongly with your proximal hamstring, hip extension has been so important for you, but in a way that isn't provocative to the upper hamstring. Oh my God, I'm such a dork. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> But. I love it though. It's so great. <laughs> Everything. And, and that's like a classic you in your Pilates classes. It's not just a bunch of moves put together. Everything is very well, um, like, well, I love it together yeah. in, in a way that's been very, very well crafted. It's mm-hmm. not just a bunch of moves. Uh, you're too kind. And Lisa does the same thing, actually. We often actually kind of double up. We'll go through an obsession of some area and we'll kind of link up this sort of Leo telepathy. So then all the clients and participants in the class get like a double whammy of our obsessions they're like well enough you two step away it's awesome though I love it I'm definitely a participant I'm sure it looks like it um okay and then last question is because very topical as you said we're going to Thailand tomorrow what is your favorite place in Thailand my favorite place in Thailand is 100% Krabi and I think that to be honest I've actually done quite a few areas in Thailand in hindsight just from various different trips from when I was um back in my backpacking days but um, I did love Chiang Mai, but I would say the trip that we did together in Krabi was literally so relaxing and we'd had such a stressful experience. It was beautiful beach, uh, great cocktails, great beach massages, and just a really beautiful bonding experience. And like, I feel like that was, it saved us. When <laughs> I think of those beach massages, and this is the one thing, it was only a year ago that we went last time. So it's still kind of fresh and I'm still hopeful that those, um, the People giving the massages are still going to be there. Of the, the same people. The same people. Yeah, they were really good. Because it was only a year ago, so surely they're going to be there. But now I think about it, um, and it, like just for context, like we did have our favorite um, massage people that were there, and we would try and go back to the same ones, yeah. right? Yep. Um, and I do particularly think yours was very fond of massaging your inner thigh. Oh, my God. There was so much adductor treatment. I was like, mate. <laughs> Like, admittedly, I'm all about, like, a full body massage. I was like, why so much on the adductors? It was good. I feel like it was, um, you know, I feel like that was a, a heavily loaded up area. So you definitely needed sort of that quad adductor mm. massage at the time. But I feel, I feel like every time I looked over at you, I was like, <laughs> how? This is like, oh, it's kind of good. But also I was like, I'm feeling kind of uncomfortable. This is such a fixation with the adductors. I know. So I might, might be there again. But um, so, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. But also I felt like. Everyone over there was just really great tactile sort of treatment. Like literally someone just jump off a scooter and just like roll up and be like, yeah, I'm here to give a massage. Yeah. It's a skill that everyone seems to have. Yeah. It's just, it's sort of ingrained. It's, yeah, it's quite amazing. And yeah, so that is next up for us. So there will be a little bit of heat training for you over there. There'll be some um, lap swimming for me in the local pools. I always love that. They're always like in a really weird shape too. So you kind of like chasing kids around like the hotel pool in the shape of like an L. <laughs> and you're like, what am I doing? So, you know, that'll, that'll be a really good time. We are going across a little bit of work and a little bit of leisure as a hybrid, which is actually perfect. Mainly leisure though. Mainly a bit of a wedding, a bit of a leisure, bit of beach massages, but there'll definitely be Pilates involved. Yeah, there's time for it all. Um, Something that I did actually um kind of go down a rabbit hole with just this week, it wasn't something to do with Pilates for once, but it was the fact, I think I was actually running around Hubble Park Lake and I was deep in my thoughts of just cutting laps in the clockwise direction to avoid the wind. And when you get put in a scenario in a sporting or any sort of life experience whereby you are so utterly out of your depth that it's the most humbling experience. And to me, it's often in a sporting sense because um, that's the way my family are, just in the sporting realm. 
But it did make me think of a few times in my life when you've just been put in a scenario or people in my lives where they've just been completely zoned out. For example, I was running through this um, this little bit of a wind tunnel and I was putting my mind somewhere else and I thought of my sister Jane, who's, and I should have named her because we love Jane, but also um, Jane was an exchange student over in France for a little while and she is amazing. The most academic person you've ever met. None of us are really great skiers. In fact, do you know what? That's probably untrue. Probably me and Jane are not great skiers, but <laughs> the rest of them are. Down the <laughs> now the rest of them are pretty good. Anyway, Jane was actually uh, over in France and of course being in this French community, like they all go skiing in the winter, like that's what they do. They go up to the Alps and they just do it. And they're all born doing it like we are in the ocean. You kind of just do it, you love it, and you sort of live it, breathe it. Anyway, Jane was like quite exhausted because they'd obviously been doing heaps of skiing all downhill. And she actually, um, it was that classic case where everyone was waiting at the bottom for her because, you know, she was a little bit slower than the rest. So she actually took off on this run and the Swiss national team had just started a racing competition and so poor Jane got caught up in the middle of some sort of national competition in uh, the French Alps so she had all of these Swiss skiers that were like pew, 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 like all around her and all Jane could do is so when you're a little bit like anxious you go low yeah on a tuck oh no and you kind of snowplow a bit so then you've got little Jane coming down in her second hand overalls in a snowplow crouched in this little position you've got all of these Swiss skiers darting around her and she had to go through the finish line so she got and she got a big cheer as she came through so it was that classic eric the eel situation so she was kind of but she was mortified because that jane doesn't like to do things wrong and she was obviously in the wrong place at the wrong time completely out of her debt but all she could do was just go through the finish line and um she was obviously not far behind them then well i think she had a i think she'd started and they'd started the competition. She'd taken a long time to get down. So they'd put the finish line. They'd put all the like the lines of the competition in. But she was still at the top. I'm kind of probably getting a breath and just like, you know, giving herself a moment. And by the time she actually decided to go down, the competition had started and she'd, um, she'd entered it. She's like, oh, this is good. There's no one around here at the moment. I've got a free path. Anyway, so poor Jane. And that's not the first time this happened. I'm not going to throw under the bus for anything else. But that was, um, that's just a classic scenario whereby... I feel we've all been in that scenario where you decide if you're depth. And yeah. And I think there was a few things on that on Instagram recently as well that I've been enjoying. And so what, what, what about you? What have you, have you been like, what side of that have you been on? Have you been in the situation where you've been out of your depth or do you think you have been in a situation where you've maybe overdone things a little bit and made somebody else? Cause I think that was where, that's what you'd seen recently, right? That's true. That's actually really true. To be honest, I feel like I live my life out of my depth. As just a general rule, like yeah. I feel, kind of like, <laughs> I feel like I just got in that scenario. I was like, oh yeah, I can make an app. Who can't? And then I'm significantly humbled in the aftermath of just complete, um, yeah, everything above my head. But actually, to be honest, it was kind of the opposite. Now I'm not proud of this, but um, there was some sort of school carnival on the local pool recently. And obviously school carnival means there's lots of kids, but they did have one lane open for like everybody. So it was kind of like a mashup lane. It was called the slow lane, but it was like everybody else in the general public goes into this lane together. Okay. Sounds really promising. (laughs) So I was like, not ideal, but sure. I'm going to get in the water. I'm going to swim anyway. So naturally it was literally me and two other people. So it wasn't that busy, but they were both doing their breaststroke or whatever. And so I had my fins on and just got in this lane and just completely dominated with my fins. This like doing doing my normal 2K swim or whatever, but with fins on. So I was running, obviously going really fast. That's, that's, a, that's far. 
I was scared. And I felt like such a wanker just doing that, though, because these poor people were trying to enjoy their breaststroke swim in the slow lane or whatever. But that was the only lane that was there. So I kind of was just like that person that got in and just kind of like bullets past them with my fins on. Um, but yeah, no, I have been in that snow too. I did finish a marathon once without actually doing the marathon. I got a medal at the end of it. And you accepted the medal? I accepted I'm the medal. I'm It's actually so bad. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know where it is anymore. It's probably like being buried through shame. But I was pacing my sister. So I did the last 12K of her Melbourne marathon like a couple of years back. And um, yeah. We, don't like, tell me you ran into the MC. You get hurt too. You did not have an outing for the MC. No, but you did. do stop. So I cautioned it, you know, like the barricade. Because no, I almost did it again this year when I was chasing on my scooter. I mean, can you imagine if I entered the MC I jam my scooter? Nick, I thought that Nick was going to jump in. I had my coach literally, I, there's actually footage of him oh, no. almost coming into the MC on his bike. Right. Imagine that. Close behind. Um, yeah, that's kook of the day material, especially when we like an electric scooter. That's But you did it. You did it. And at least being a runner, you're a bit more camouflage, but Yeah, I didn't have a number one, obviously. Metal. I know the metal and also I got a little towel like um like a like a power aid or like a towel. Um, power aid's mine. Definitely take that. Yeah, no, that that was not my finest moment. But yeah, that's that's where I've been very out of my depth, but just claimed it regardless. Yeah. Well well done. But I do feel like on the other hand, um, your competitive street side definitely comes out when you're running around the tan. And it's usually, I feel like, I feel like you get this every single time you run around there. You start off going out just for a nice run. Next minute, someone comes up next to you. Wants to race you. Right. I don't think that they're trying to race you. They are. I it, think that they're just running. <laughs> and I think it's just like we're interpreting it. No. I think they're just going trying to race me. No, I swear, it's always in the evenings too. It's no, never the mornings. If I run in the evening, you get all of these people out of the woodwork that just want to like. They're do probably it. doing one k reps. <laughs> You're just keeping up. You have to know you run. No, I just I have a real problem with the fact that it's look, and, and I shouldn't say this, but it is. It's mostly men that want to then just tuck in behind you, kind of breathe down your neck a little bit, and then accelerate. And then you know that they're going to die in like 600 metres time. So naturally, you just want to be there for that moment. Hello, you're literally keeping up with them on their 1K reps. It was very much like an interval. Oh, no. But yeah, actually, this, this week actually did very much happen. I got two, I think two or three Garmin crowns, which I don't even know what that means. It was, I'm not good with Strava. I'm not good with Garmin. My watch just stays there redundant. But I did notice that come up at the end because there were these two men at the bottom of Anderson Street who decided it was a really appropriate thing to take a leak in the middle of the tan. Like this was quite light. Like it's daylight savings here in Melbourne. So it was like 6.20 at night time. I was going to do a double up of the tan. And they decided that was a perfect place to do that. And I ran past and I wanted to, I was like, this is disgusting. Like, who do you think you are? And so I gave him one of those looks. Were they actually running or were they just? Well, they were running. They'd stopped because they're like, do you want to take a leak? I imagine this is the conversation. Yeah, I'll take, do you want to do it right here? Yeah, I dare you. Let's do it. And they're kind of like, let's do it in tandem. Sort of, that's, this is where they imagine the conversation that's happening, right? I don't actually know. But they were. And I saw it and I gave them a look of, you are disgusting. And who do you it's think you are? Too. There's plenty of toilets around the tan. Heaps. But also, at the very least, I mean, being a guy, you could even just peel off, at least be in a bush, right? Or even on the edge of the tan. Yeah, because actually, there's literally a girls' school right there, right? 100%. Like, you could even leave just a token gesture of being a little bit modest and conforming to the social norms. But anyway, they didn't. And I um, decided it was a really good idea to give them a nasty look. And then they took off and chased. Well, look, to be fair, I wasn't sure if they were chasing or racing. It's a fine line. But they ran in the same direction as me and tried to burn me on Anderson Street. And I just went into, like, 
fight mode slash I think actually it's flight mode to be fair. I wasn't going to fight them. (laughs) But I knew that there was one thing that I had in the protective mechanism was I could probably outrun them. She can run. That is one thing. So not only do you have the endurance capacity, but you also have the speed up a hill too. Only if I have enough adrenaline. To be honest, I don't like to do any of that by myself on my own terms. Um, But if I'm forced to, I will do it. Um, Anyway, I managed to burn them and they copped a massive spray verbally as well. Um, And then I managed to run a couple of PBs because I was still had a lot of like angst. Yeah. Fair enough too. That's also scary, especially in the evening too. Yeah. um, No, I think I'm just going to be a morning runner from now on. Yeah, it is good. Honestly, I've never been a morning runner until probably until I met you, until I started doing Pilates. I feel like I was always one of these people that I was just like, oh yeah, I will run at like 9am is good before that. Not a thing. I need to be like up and walking around and very much having like a proper breakfast and just moving first. Um, But interestingly, um, since like literally since doing Pilates, it's helped so much. And it's not even doing Pilates, it's not like I do a Pilates session in the morning of a run, but it's just doing it regularly. My body is just a lot more mobile and it's not as stiff when I wake up in the mornings. So there is some perks into, mm-hmm. I mean, there is, yeah, some perks. Well, obviously there's perks in doing Pilates. But <laughs> we accept those terms. Yeah, there's also a perk in like getting your run done in the morning. 100%. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's something in it. I Yeah. And to be honest, I'm always in a luxurious position really, to be honest. I don't have to run in the dark. I actually do. The, the way my life is, I can be a bit more flexible with that. So if I can be, you know, in the light, I will. Um, that being said, we actually had that little bit of an altercation too last time we are in Thailand. Because we were coming out of like our hotel to go for a run in the mornings and then all these people coming out of the nightclubs in Patong and we kind of got like a whole lot of heckling in that scenario. But interestingly, we had two very polar responses to the heckling. Yeah. I think you and I have very two different personalities. I (laughs) I think, what did I do? Just smile and wave? I think you like, you smiled. You were lovely. You were like, you know what, mate? Good luck, because they tried to run and catch up with us, and they were like, obviously, still oh, right on the beating. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, come along, join us. And I was like, are you serious? And I was furious. I was like, this is our time to run. You are completely coming into our space. <laughs> this is really uncalled for. You're probably drunk and disgusting. I don't want anything to do with you. Get out. And you were just like, yeah, if you can keep up, join us. And I was like, oh, are you so inclusive? No. <laughs> They kept up for what, like 20 minutes later and they were just done. Yeah, to be fair, well, your response was probably fine because they were never going to keep up. But also I'm so angry that they thought that they could just, you know, burst our bubble. Of- that does actually, that that image of that particular run takes me back to Thailand the last time. And it is really hot in Thailand, it's right? really And hot. I think that we're actually going probably a month or two later than last time. I don't know about you, but I've been checking the weather. It's about 30 degrees every day, 80% humidity and pouring with rain, like all day, every day. Um, from about 9am, like for the whole day. So what, I don't know if that's accurate. Probably not. But my question to you is what is your preference in terms of like running conditions? Do you like, like dry, heat, humidity, cold, or like, do you like warm, but with like cold wind or like, what's the combination? What would be your ideal combination for a running condition? It's a really great question. My ideal running scenario would be super sunny, Mm. but like with a cool breeze. And I'd say that's probably like a classic autumn kind of vibe, like super sunny in the morning, but kind of fresh. Um, We've had a lot of that, I think, in the past week. Yeah, it's actually lovely. And you kind of end up getting quite warm by the end, but it takes a while to kind of warm up. But I feel like you're completely different. Yeah, I think it actually would be. I think I would like, I do love a bit of sun, but I think uh, I just love the humidity, regardless of what it is, regardless of what the temperature is. 
um, when I was living in Japan, there was like some crazy high heat and humidity. And it felt like a Melbourne sort of, you know, in the like when Melbourne comes into the 40s, 40 degree days, mm. it feels really hot, but it's actually just probably not even 30, maybe like 28, 29, but really, really high humidity. Um, but I just love it. I just think it's really, I, I love sweating. It feels like really cleansing. And I don't know, I think the dry heat is, it does something to you, like your breathing. Like, yeah. I feel like it hurts your lungs a lot more. You end up really dry through your nose, your mouth and everything feels, yeah, a bit nasty. But absolutely not a cold weather runner. Um, I think you probably deal a little bit better in the cold than I do. Yeah, 100%. I don't tend to feel the cold much at all. Yeah. But interestingly, I do find that, and, and that is a difference between running in the morning and at night. And I feel often track races are in the evening, road races are in the morning. True. And so kind of contrasting temperatures, you get a lot of like hot track races because it's in the summer and it's often, you know, maybe 5, 6 p.m., really hot, whereas first thing in the morning, um, it, like usually during the sort of like winter or spring is when the fun runs are on. But I do think that the colder temper- temperature is probably a bit more conducive to better performance for endurance events. It's true. I actually read a stat somewhere, and this could be completely wrong, but I'm still going to hold on to it in my brain, and I'll be corrected if it is incorrect. But I heard that 14 degrees is the optimum temperature to um, start a marathon at in terms of external. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Mm, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely something. In, I mean, I don't know exactly. Yeah, there was a run a marathon, but you know, and maybe like maybe 15, 16 degrees for a half, and we'll go like not 17 for a 10k. I don't know, but I feel like. Certainly, like the lower your body temperature is, and you know you can you can hold you can keep your heart rate low for longer, um, if you if your body's cooler. And I, to be honest, I actually notice that in training as well. I'm obsessed with checking my heart rate. <laughs> yeah, in my training, and whenever it's hot, it's just it's naturally higher. Mm. Um, and so and there's certainly like training ad- adaptations for that too. Yeah, heat training in Thailand is kind of like altitude training, obviously, except for like with heat. Yeah. Yeah. As in yeah. your body's under duress and you've got to kind of push through it to a degree. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. And often you don't have to train to the same like intensity when you're training at altitude or when you're training um, in heat because you do get those adaptations regardless. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to it. And in terms of like I, I, in my mind, in terms of lifestyle and racing, just mentioning the fact that you always used to be evening races, obviously short, sharp, fast, 1500s predominantly, um, and now you're going to the longer distance, which is a bit more road race, which is a bit more first thing in the morning. To me, that is absolutely perfect. Just get up, get it done, and then you can get on with the rest of your day. But for you, who's someone that thrives in a taper, you know, you've got your routine before you race, like how are you coping with that transition? Yeah, I, I, I definitely prefer running in the evening, for sure. For a race or just in terms of in general life? Oh, for a race. I think mm-hmm. I prefer to just get it, like get up, get it done for training in the yeah. morning. I don't, I don't like waiting until the evening yeah. uh, training session because it just, you, it, it's, it feels like you've got something hanging over your head. Yeah. Um, But I definitely, I think I just naturally feel better for running in the evening. Um, I guess like more, more awake, you've been eating all day, so you've got better fuel, Ooh. hydration, all that kind of stuff. Um, racing in the morning is definitely not my thing. So I'm pretty pleased that the road season is over for now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, excited to get back into some track races coming up. And they've actually started already for our Australian season. So I won't be competing in anything too serious for a while. But, yeah, it's back. Yeah, summer. That's actually great. Do you know what? I actually love watching track in the evening. Like the races that we did last year, when I say we did them, I was obviously like literally on the sideline cheering. But, you know, being a part of that environment. (laughs) Actually, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but it is a really, really fun experience. Um, 
I don't know. I, to be honest, and I've never thought I'd say this, but actually I've always thought that I loved running, which I definitely do, but I feel like I love watching you run more than I actually love. No. No, no. <laughs> when I was on the scooter at the half marathon, I was like, this is the best feeling ever. And I'm so emotionally involved in this scenario. I get that. I get that because you don't. You, you don't like racing. Like, it's not something that you enjoy. No, I'm not really a racer. No. and I, Except on the tan when you, there's a two big burly <laughs> blokes who think they can blow you down on the um, Anson Street. That's true. And also I think that, like, you know, when you're in the race yourself, that's when you can get all the emotions that come with it as well. You feel yeah. you feel nervous and you feel, like, self-doubt, questioning confidence and all those kinds of things. Whereas, like, when you're – like, you're very much part of my running journey and you're a massive part of, you know, my training and everything that, you know, even if it's, like, 10 p.m. and I need some, like, needles in my glutes or something like that, I'm, like, very much um, a massive part of it. glute made needles. Quick. <laughs> yeah. But um, – but I guess then you don't have to like deal with the, the you know, all the stuff that comes around like with race day, even like just preparing and. Oh yeah, that makes it, I just the getting ready for a race is exhausting. Also, I find I feel really exhausted even I haven't raced afterwards. Like just watching you, like I end up really like exhausted and tired afterwards. I'm like, yeah. I haven't even done anything. Emotional energy. Yeah. And yeah. just logistics too. I feel like logistics is a bit stressful. That's true. In the mm-hmm. road races. In the road races. Yeah. Whereas in the track, I think that's it. You really relax. You're like, this person can only go like a couple hundred meters away at most. But even. I think it, I think it's hard when you are a spectator as well, and I sort of see this as a coach. You you are kind of helpless, like you just wish you could help in that situation. When you're that, like when you're watching people compete, it's like it's just up to them. There's only like there's there's nothing. Is it illegal happens. to have like an earpiece? Like if you had an earpiece, yes, that's illegal. Okay. Yeah. What I feel like it's not illegal in some sports. Skateboarding, no way. There's a sport out there definitely where you're allowed to have an earpiece. Um. We'll think of it. No, it wasn't an earpiece. So the skateboarders are allowed to wear like AirPods or right. that sort of thing. They're allowed to have music to get in the zone, which is quite wild to think that you're in an Olympic sport and you're going to go for a gold medal and you've got like whatever you want in your ears at the time. Probably Harry Styles. I can only imagine. Definitely wouldn't be Harry Styles. But yeah, no, it's definitely not an earpiece. I'm pretty sure that's cheating in every sport. Uh, yeah, surely. But I feel like that would not be helpful for you anyway. I feel like my advice in the middle of a race is probably... It's probably unnecessary. Well, I'm looking great. <laughs> Lean forward from the hips, shoulders down, knees up. Oh my God, so annoying. No, we shouldn't do that. Yeah, well, I think we established earlier that you're very bossy and I'm very um, stubborn. So it's a really great combination. <laughs> I don't know who's going to win in the five, but it's... Yeah. Takes, it takes turns. That's some strong opinions. Um, all right, well, that is all from us for now. We will be back. We are loving doing these podcasts again. So send us through any requests of topics or questions that you have for us because we do love the input. And see you again next time. Bye for now. Yeah, I'm going to go to Cliffley Cole. That's it.